Well, God's good. Get your Bible out and go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're just going to read the whole Bible today. <laughs> that didn't scare these girls at all. Just, hallelujah. Don't you, don't you love young people? I got born again when I was 22 years of age, and I know that young people can be on fire. I didn't, they don't need none of this. Well, who, told, who said you was old? I didn't say you was old. I was talking about you. I love to see young people and old people on fire for God. It's even a greater miracle to watch old folks get on fire for God. You know, there's a scripture for old folks. Can these old bones live? <laughs> old bones. To this morning, listen, we're going to preach. I'm going to preach a sermon, and I want you all to get excited about before I get started. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. I'm going to preach a sermon on words. Even though we've heard a message like this before, I want you to open up your hearts because just because you've heard something before doesn't mean you're walking in it and doesn't mean that you know it. It means that you heard it. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. There are books that I have read over a hundred times because I still don't know it. I heard it, I do it, but I learn something every time I read it. There are sermons I have listened to over a hundred times in my life, and I don't know it yet. I'm still listening to it because I found out something about the Word of God. The more you read it, the more you know about it. So I want to talk about one of the most important subjects as a born-again Christian you'll ever hear, and that is the message of words. Now, I want you to start off with Genesis chapter 1. Pretend like you've never heard a message on words before or you never heard of Kenneth Hagin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's pray. Father... I'm going to open up your word and the word of God, and I'm going to share the message you laid on my heart. Sir, this is something we need to pay attention to. This is something we need to literally put in our life like we've never put in before because we need to see some things changed in our life, and we are going to. We're going to see healings like we've never seen. We're going to see salvations like we've never seen. We're going to see miracles like we've never seen. We're going to see things turn like we've never seen. But we understand that we are the catalyst. And you've got to get a hold of our mouth to do it. So today I'm going to minister a word. I'm asking you for the Holy Spirit to help me preach this sermon and write this on our heart in Jesus' name. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, what did God make the heavens and the earth out of? Words. Words. Mm -hmm. Greater than that. It all came out of the inside of him. Think about that for a minute. That's absolutely powerful. He sat down and thought about an earth 
and a sun and a universe and people and dogs and cats and chickens and butterflies. And when he, all of it was on the inside of him. It wasn't out there. It was only in him. It was in his imagination so that it got so big in him that he looked up and said, earth be, and it came to be. Now, everything that, you're, that you see right now with your eyes, your body, the chair you're sitting in is made out of words. They did a study a few years ago. They, because the atom has been, as long as I've known it, the smallest particle known to man was an atom. So they begin to ask the question, what is an atom made out of? And they finally found out. When they dug into the center of the atom, they found out that it is a vibrating word. Everything that you see and touch, the sun, the stars, the moon, the, the trees, they're all made out of God's spoken word. He spoke it. And it's, the, the atom is still vibrating and creating that thing he said. So how important is words? Very, very, very. Way more important than we have ever known. Now, I want to read a couple more scriptures to you. Are you all ready? Hebrews. No, let's, let's, let me read a couple more of this. Let me, well, let's just, nah. I think you get it. I, I think you get this. He said, let there be light, let there be earth, let there be chickens and cows and pigs. And it, and it, it was so. And he made, he made humans out of words. Everything. So go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. Let's back up what I'm about to say. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is living. The word is alive. When you quote it, it's as powerful in your mouth as it is when God said it the first time. It's still living. If you take an acorn and plant it in the ground, it will grow. Now, let me ask you a question. How did God get that tree inside that acorn? Well, he didn't. I guess he did. You ever think about a fruit tree like an orange? You have an orange seed. How much sugar is in an orange seed? None. You plant that, it grows into a tree and produces fruit full of sugar and pulp and, and vitamin C. And we know that it didn't get it from the, from the ground because there's no sugar in the ground. There's no sugar in the water. Where did all of the minerals from the orange come from? It, it, it didn't come from the seed. Well, it had to come from the seed, but it was in the seed. But the seed's not that big. It's still a miracle, no matter how you say it. But, but an orange seed is alive. The Word of God is alive. It's not a dead thing. The Bible is the only living book on the earth. The Bible is God's Word printed. God spoke it so it could be written, and it was written so it could be spoken. 
Now, let me get ahead of myself. Can the devil talk? No, he can't. Have you ever heard him? No. You ever heard God talk? Inside you. So, God needs your mouth. The devil needs your mouth. Everybody wants your mouth. Why? Because that's how you get work done in the earth. When God made man in his image and in his likeness, he gave you an eye and ability to do something that only he can do. Talk and speak words. Words are living. You are today everything you said yesterday. You are creating the world you live in. It's an ability that was given to you by God. No dog can do this. No horse can do this. No monkey can do it. They can't talk. That's why God won't let them talk. Mr. Ed, he don't talk. You young, y'all young people, you don't even know who Mr. Ed is. Do you all know who Mr. Ed is? Oh, my God. You are older than I thought you were. <laughs> Hebrews 1.3. Pop it on the screen. Look at this. Who being in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything in the earth is being held together by the word. Let me ask you a question. Does what you say affect it? Yes. How do we know that? Go to Mark eleven, twenty-three. Are y'all ready for this? Because I'm fixing to rock your planet. If you'll listen, if you'll listen, your whole world will change. Jesus said, having ears to hear. Now, we have to ask the question, who is Jesus? Is he God in the flesh? Yes, he is. Born of a virgin. He is the second Adam. He's God incarnate. So what he says, would that be important? I would think what he said would be important. Now, what I'm about to read to you, if anyone else said it, we would think they were a fruitcake. But because Jesus said it, we cannot ascribe fruitcake status to the man. Now, let's don't read Mark eleven twenty two yet. Let's read 12. The next day when he came out of Bethany, he was hungry and he saw a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. It's not the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said to it, Talking to what? A tree. Now, if it wasn't Jesus, that's fruitcake status. But Jesus knows something that apparently we don't. Did you know that if 30 or 40 years ago, if you'd even dreamed of looking at your phone and say, call Lisa, that that would be unheard of in your mind. Back when I was growing up, we had phones, 
and they rang and they were on cords and you had to go in the house and you had to pick it up and answer it and you had to say, hello, who is this? And sometimes there's a party line and you have to say, please, neighbor, get off the phone. This is an important <laughs> phone call. Okay. And even today, occasionally, men will be talking to their wives and saying, come on, baby, let's go. She goes, I'm on the phone. There's no cord on it. Come on. It's not attached to the house. Let's go. Because us older people still remember the phone being attached to something. But the fact that we even talk to phones now and we hit a little button and we say, to Lisa, go ahead and please stop by and get some cream on the way home. And, and you better look at what it says because it don't always say what you just said. I found that out. They were programmed by cussing kids. You got to get your phone born again. Lay hands on it. Come to Jesus' phone. I don't know whether y'all ever noticed that or not, but it don't all. You, so check your phone before you. I have sent messages and went, oh, no, that's not what I said. Okay. But, you know, you think about the fact that we're now talking to a phone and telling it to do something for us. But this has been around since Jesus this has been around for a long, long time. Jesus understood that that fig tree was made out of words. And he understood that if he spoke to it, it had ears to hear him and do what he said. Awesome. Now, then he makes a crazy, crazy, crazy statement. He said, if you say. The church has never really bought it. I was in an office of a man not too long ago. And, and whenever I go anywhere now. And I'm hanging around people. They always go online and check me out because they want to know who, who is this guy. And so I was talking to a man the other day, and he said, he said uh, I know who you are. You went to Rhema. Your name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. I looked at him, and I said, yes, I am. Now listen to me. If he understood the word of God, he wouldn't have thought that was funny. The, the reason that the whole world is in a mess is because of the false sovereignty teaching. I, I'm going to say something now, and I want you to listen to me. The teaching that God is running everything is the most damnable heresy in the earth because it creates lazy, apathetic people. Now, I want you to look at what Jesus said. If you say to a mountain, why would Jesus tell you to move a mountain he put there? If he wanted that mountain to be there, why didn't he say, I put that mountain there. Don't you be messing with my mountain. He gave you and I authority over the earth. If that mountain is in the way of you and the thing God told you to do, get the mountain out of your way. He didn't say climb it. He did not say, he didn't say get a bulldozer to it. He, did, he said, move it. Now, folks, that's, that's not good preaching in most churches. But if it wasn't for Jesus himself looking at you and I and saying, if you say to a mountain be removed and you do not doubt in your heart but you believe what you say, you will have what you say. Did you know that you control 
the atmosphere around you? Did you know you're controlling the world around you? Did you know that your body responds to your words? Your soul responds to your words. Angels respond to your words. The Holy Ghost responds to your words. The devil responds to your words. Everyone is waiting to hear what you have to say. And Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, be removed. You don't doubt it, that mountain will obey you. Now, we got theologians today that say, well, you know, I mean, God put the mountain there. So, you know, Lord, why did you allow the mountain to be there? I don't give a rip. Move. Smith Wigglesworth said something that would hair lip most people. If God doesn't move, I'll just move him. Well, if you raise 38 people from the dead, then you can argue with him. The problem is, Jesus said, the stuff that's hindering you is your fault. You're allowing it. You've got authority over all the work of the enemy. But why is it that we don't believe this? Because we've never learned to believe the word of God. It's not real to us. Y'all ready? Have faith in God. Jesus talked to trees Storms, disease, devils, dead people, fish, bodies, wind, fever. Is it okay for you to talk to stuff? You better believe it is. You better believe it's okay for you. If he did it, then he turned around to his church and said, All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore in my name. And then he said, I, he said, All authority was given to me. You go in my name. That means you have the same ability on the inside of you that Jesus has. Now let me stop for a minute and tell you about Jesus. Jesus was the first man since Adam to walk the earth with the life of God in him. Why do you think that on the Mount of Transfiguration that life shined out of his flesh and it shined out of his body and it shined through his clothes? Because he's full of God. What are you? I'm going to make a statement to you right now that will get me kicked out of every church in this town except maybe one or two. You are a God man. That's powerful. Where do you think your healing is going to come from? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in your spirit. You know what's blocking it? Your soul. You have the same life in you. When Jesus recreated made new creations, he, he said, I came that you might have Zoe and have Zoe in abundance. He wasn't talking about a better life with a better car. He was talking about the life of God that raised Jesus from the dead would be impregnated down inside of your spirit, man. And the way you turn that life loose is with the words you're talking. You can literally change the atmosphere around you. 
You can create a barrier. Even the devils of hell can't get near you. You can get so full of the life of God, it'll heal your body and people standing next to you. Yeah, hallelujah. But we have never taken this subject of the words we're saying seriously. Words create. In the book of Proverbs, let's go over there. Are y'all okay? All right, Proverbs 18.21. Pop it up on the screen. Let's read it. Death and life are in the power of your what? Tongue. Why do you think Satan wants your mouth? Well, pastor, you just don't have any idea how bad things are. Well, they're going to stay that way. Why would you say that? Because you did. I can't override your unbelief. I can't override your mouth. You're running around cursing yourself. Well, nothing's working for me. I don't have a brain in my head. I'm as dumb as a rock. My kids, they don't ever obey God. I'm scared to ha- that they're going to all go to hell. What are you doing? What in the world are you doing? Whatever happened, whatever happened to all authority in heaven and earth was given unto me. And I have given you authority over all of the work of the enemy. You know why you don't have authority over the work of the enemy? You hadn't said I have authority over all the work of the enemy. But you know why you don't say it? Because it's not real to you. You know why it's not real to you? Because you don't say it. And nothing's ever going to get real to you until you start saying it. You want the Bible to get real to you? Start saying what it says about you. If it says you're blessed, you're blessed. If it says you're healed, you're healed. If it says you're anointed, you're anointed. If it says you're a new creation, you're a brand new creation. If you'll start saying it, if you'll say it, It may not happen the first time you say it. It might not happen the tenth time you say it. But you just keep saying it anyway. I'm going to tell you the truth about it. I've had times when I've said things for a week and it didn't happen, so I quit. I'm as guilty. I'm guilty. But then after a while, when there's nothing else works, you go back and say, all there is is the word. It's going to be the word or nothing. And so I finally just got on it and started saying it. I'm going to tell you something I said years ago, and, and, and when, Lisa, when I married Lisa, I says, I have boys, boys, and more boys. I have boys, boys, and more boys. I have more boys, boys, and more boys. Finally, Lisa got pregnant with, with Jordan, and she was on birth control. The word of God overrode birth control, honey. I'm going to tell you, we have boys, boys. So Lisa came in after Jordan was born, and she said, stop saying that and say we have money, money, and more money. And that, that spirit jumped on Che. <laughs> Next thing you know, we have a house full of boys. And I said, stop, Ashley, have some girls. <laughs> it works, folks. I'm telling you, it works. I wished, listen, if I, I'd like to sit and tell you stories about owning my own business and riding down the road in my pickup and saying, I have more work to do today than I know what to do with. I have so much work, I turn work away. And within two weeks, I'm turning work away because I said so. And yet, it, you, you know it had to have been God because the whole month before that, I couldn't get enough work to pay attention. But the moment I opened up to the Bible and he said, you can have what you say. 
You have, you have what you say. Lisa, I can't find no work. Lisa, I can't find no work. She said, well, why don't you shut up and quit saying I can't find no work and start doing what Jesus told you to do. You preach it, why don't you do it? Okay, never mind. Go to James chapter 2. Are y'all okay? Did you know that angels hearken to the voice of his word? Do you know why that Psalm 91 doesn't work for you? Because you don't say it. One more time, one more time, one more time. Do you know why Psalm 91 doesn't work for people? You say, I know a Christian, they love the Lord and they got in a car wreck. Do you know why? When's the last time you heard them open their mouth and say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. He has given His angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. You say, does it work? Yeah, it works because I said it works. I'd like to tell you about the times I've been in airplanes that almost hit the water. I, I'd like to t- I don't tell even Lisa some of the stuff that I've had happen. But I said I'm going home, and I went home. Amen. I was in an airplane one time with this guy, and he took off and stalled a Cherokee 140 out over the ocean. That means we're headed down into the water. He weighed about 250 pounds, and I weighed about 180 at that time. And I had to beat him off the yoke and shove the yoke in the, and fly and get into ground effect over the ocean. And get the wind, get the airspeed up so I could take off and get out of there. Did you know, did you know that I could feel the anointing hit me in that airplane to take that thing away? Because I said I'm going home. I said the he's given his angels charge over me. I will live and not die and declare the, the glory of God. I've been dead a lot of times if it hadn't been for my words. And my mother's words and other people's words. I brought Nancy in here to talk about Brooke. Brooke was born severely retarded. I don't know whether you noticed that about her. You didn't, did you? You know why? Nancy refused to call her that. You say, well, that's denial. Well, you can call it denial if you want to. It's just that she said, she found in the Bible that her, the Bible said that Brooke was the heel, that Brooke is redeemed from the curse of the law, that Brooke was the righteousness of God. She read in the Bible where Brooke has the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God, and she's redeemed from the curse. So she started saying it. Amen. Amen. Did it work the first day? Well, it did, but she didn't see it. Did it work the second? Yeah, it did, but she didn't see it. It took some time. First of all, she had to talk herself into believing it. But she kept speaking to her, speaking to her, speaking to her. I'm telling you, 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 when you saw Brooke in here, you have no idea of the miracle. Looking at this little girl who's biting her tongue and looks like she has Down syndrome and she's not functioning and Nancy's speaking to her. You'd have thought she was crazy. There's people calling her, Nancy, from all over the world. What did you do? You know what? And the sad thing is they want someone to pray a prayer. They don't want to do what she did. She has a mountain and she talked to it. Now, you'll get off my kid. Now, see, I don't ever pray for healing for myself. I just speak. Now, you pain, 
Now you get out of my elbow in Jesus' name. I'm redeemed. I don't put up with you. My, my body is the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. You know, living inside of me, Jesus bore my pain. You have no right. Go. I don't take, I don't take you. I don't take you. I'm not having you in Jesus' name. Now that's how, that's, you just live your life like that. When I run into a problem, I say, I have the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ. I have the favor of Almighty God, and I'm blessed. When I'm, when I'm broke, I look at my checkbook and I say, don't you lie to me. You're blessed coming in. Abraham's blessings are ours, and everything I put my hand to shall prosper. Now, now think about this for a minute. When, when Kenneth Hagin went to, to Jesus and said, I, I need money, he said, I don't have any up here. He said, what do you want, where do you want me to get it? I'm not a counterfeiter. I ain't making you no money. He said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, all the money you need is down on the earth. He said, well, how do I get it? He said, well, when's the last time you said it? Now, he said this. Now, think about this for a minute. We got preachers running around begging people for money. He said, I own purpose. Went to churches that couldn't afford me. He said, I needed, now, in his day, $1,000 a week. That'd be like, you know, 10 or 20 now. And, they, and their offerings would be like 100 bucks in the past. He said, I on purpose went there to prove the Bible was true. Amen. He said, I told the pastor, don't do anything except just take up the offering. And he said, what's your budget? He says, I'm not going to tell you. It'll scare you. I don't want you to know. See, when you become a big dog, you can't go to little churches unless you know God. That's right. That's right. If you know God, you can go anywhere. That's the key. So he'd go to a little church and say, the offering will be enough to pay my expenses. I call in $1,000 this week in Jesus' name. And he said he always had more. The pastors would look and go, boy, we've never given that much money in our time. How do you think he did what he did and built Ramah? Debt free. Now, when you start learning this, the earth is the Lord's, but he gave it to men. He gave the earth to you. You and I are the custodians of it, not, not the Democrats and the Republicans. Washington is not controlling your money. Satan is. I'll prove it to you. You get on Facebook and you show me one place on there someone's criticizing a politician for having money or the mafia. They don't do it. You get a preacher to have a little diamond. What has he got all that money for? I was in an airplane one time and I was in first class going to Africa. And there was a drunk businessman in a, in a seat next to me and he said what do you do for a living I said I'm a pastor he said what are you doing up here I said well my father owns the sky you're flying in I said and the earth is mine he went oh in other words I let him know it's an honor I let you get up here I refuse to be intimidated by some crooked businessman with some money. And someone go, and, and listen, and I'm going to say this with all the love I have. What my pool cost me is none of your business. 
and what my truck costs is none of your business. Whether I fly first class ain't none of your business. I didn't ask you for the money. I didn't believe you for the money. I asked God for the money. He hired me. He can fire me. And he can pay me. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. And you're going to have, if you're going to walk with God, you better get over being rich. Because somebody's going to say something. They don't care what you do till you get some money. Then they start wanting to know, where'd you get that money? Because the devil knows whoever runs the money runs the world. You're going to need some money if you're going to do anything. Okay, enough of that. James 3, are you there? I'm waiting on you. Y'all are slow. Is this okay, guys? But before we get out of here today, we're going to say some stuff. It's time to start saying some stuff. Stuff is getting lax because we're not talking to it. All right, James chapter 3, verse 3. No, verse 2. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Woo. Want to know how to control your body? It's your mouth. Well, I'm just fat and can't help it. Well, you'll stay fat. I found out every time I got to lose weight, I always got to start talking to myself. Because if I don't start talking it, I ain't going to change what I eat. But the minute I start saying, no, my body, you do not have to eat that in the name of Jesus. Well, my body follows my mouth. But now if I'm walking around going, I sure wish I had some apple pie right now, your body is going to follow your mouth. I can see some of y'all's body has been following your mouth real good. <laughs> we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, if the word there is mature, he's a mature man and able to bridle your whole body. He's not just talking about your body. He's talking about your whole life. Everything around you is controlled by your talk. You're creating an atmosphere around you. Have you ever wondered why when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he gave you the ability to talk words? What do you think you're doing when you're speaking words that are not out of your head? Why would God have you say words? It's changing the atmosphere of your life. It's changing your body. It's changing your family. It changes everything around you. It even changes your intellect. When I, you know, the funny thing about praying in the Holy Ghost, it's not your head. You know, when I went in with, with when the, the doctors talked me into going in and putting paddles on me when I had AFib, I wished I'd never let them do it, but I was ignorant. And so they knocked me out. And then when I came to, he said, uh, do you speak Spanish? I said, No. I said, I know, you know, donde esta el baño, and yo quiero coffee con leche, you know, something's muy importante, you know, where's the coffee in the bathroom? But anyway, he said, oh, no, he said, the whole time you were out, he said, you were just constantly talking some language. 
Now, I can only imagine being in there, and they got me under sedation, and I'm just shut as loud as I can all over the hospital. And he's like, well, you can't stop him because he's out. You may have knocked my head out, but you didn't knock my heart out. Brother Hagin made a statement one time. He says, every revelation I've ever gotten came after times of praying in tongues. I'm going to tell you something. We've been giving something very powerful. You know, Father's Day, we're going to celebrate heroes, and we're going to have dads come dressed up as superheroes. Is that all right, guys? And we're going to allow the kids to come dressed up as superheroes if you want to. Moms, you're not allowed to come dressed up as no. You just come as mom. You just... Be a mom. All right, but but you know the real truth about it. If if you ever stop and thought about it, the the children of God in the earth today are the heroes in the earth. We're the force that's changing things for the better. We're the ones keeping this nation solid. You know, I I got to I got to preach at the Republican prayer breakfast. And they asked me to share and then pray. I said, I want you all to know the Democrats or the Republicans had nothing to do with this election. I said, the Christians did. I said, we went over your heads. We went to God. We got tired of your shenanigans. I'm going to trust some man. When the church started praying, God started moving. And he's still moving. Now, if you're not up on it, then usually you're down on it. But you might want to find out what's really going on. Okay. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths so they'll obey us. How big do you reckon that horse is? That's that's about a 1,000 pounds of muscle. Next time you watch a cowboy movie, I want you to know that little girl is bossing one hunk of muscle around. Because she's in his mouth. You get his mouth, he'll mind you. You know, God on purpose took the teeth out of a horse's mouth so a bit fit in it. There's no way evolution did that. Evolution would never have made a place for a bit. God put a place for a bit so you could ride that horse. There is no place in the, in the mouth of a zebra. That means don't ride one. They are wild and they will always be wild. We put bits in horses' mouths so they'll obey us and we turn their whole body. Look at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Who's he talking about? He's talking about you. He, listen, it is not the size of the problem. It's not the size of the issue. It's not the storm you're in. It's your mouth. That ship's going where you ship it. So get a hold of the rudder underneath your nose and say, this is where we're going. We're going to the other side. Boy, that's powerful. Page two. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. I hate clocks. I ain't even going to look at it anymore. It's a lie. Hebrews chapter 10. You know, whenever you guys start worshiping like that, we're just going to let y'all go. We're, gonna, we're just not going to take away worship time. Even if we go over and y'all get hungry, just, just stay put. 
rabikene, rabesono, nikopopatane. And that means put your flesh under. Put your flesh under. And don't let it rule you. Or you'll miss God. Okay. Hebrews 10, um, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful. The word hold is the Greek word hold. What do you think the word fast is? It's the Greek word hold. You know why they wrote it, hold fast? They didn't know what to do with hold, hold. But what he's trying to say is there is somebody out there that wants to get a hold of your confession. He wants to get a hold of your tongue and get a hold of your mouth. Hold on to the word. Don't let go the word of God. Y'all ever played the tug of war and, and, and when y'all went to camp, you did this and there's a mud hole and then you're out there fighting with everything and then some yo-yo behind you falls down. You go, get up and get a hold of that rope, you know, you know, because I ain't going in the mud for you. But you're holding on to that rope with everything. He said, you get a hold of the word of God and you don't let that word go for anything. You hold on to the word of God. If you're sick, by his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed. He blessed me coming in. He blessed me going out. The prayers of a righteous man avails much. I have authority over all the work of the enemy. You say, how often are you going to say that? Until you die. I'm going to say something right now to y'all that will blow your mind. Are you ready? You're more powerful than the devil. You know how I know that? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But when's the last time you said, I'm more powerful than the devil? I'm bigger than a problem. I am bigger than any problem that will ever come at me because God is in me. You know why it don't work? Because you don't say it works. You know why you don't have any brains? You keep talking about how stupid you are. Why don't you say, I have the mind of Christ. You have God inside of you, and he has the brains. So if you have the mind of Christ, why don't you say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. I know where my car keys are. You know how many times Lisa and I walk around the house and she's going, I know I have my car keys in Jesus' name. I have my car keys in Jesus' name. And we always find them within like a, like a 60 seconds. After we say we have them, we have our car keys. We have our car keys. What that means to Lisa is she's lost her car keys. But she knows better than ask me because I don't know where she puts her. Lisa is a squirrel. She hides things around the house. And then she can't remember where she hid them. Am I embarrassing you? Why do I hide them? Never mind. I ask, where's the dark chocolate? I don't know. I hid it. Do you know where you hid it? No. So I use my faith that I'll find it. I was doing good until you started talking. You're messing up my sermon. <laughs> say, I can have what I say. Come on, boy, that's absolutely powerful. Everything on the earth is made out of words. Your words control. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, Please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.